Good morning. All right. Anybody happy to be here? Amen. You know, as I was listening to um, to that song, I, I love your good, good father, but um, I love the lyrics in it. And he says, he says that you're perfect in all of your ways. And I think it's hard for us to grasp a hold of how perfect God is. Amen? Because when he's putting us in a situation and we're going through a, a, a phase in our life that is uncomfortable, we think it's unfair, right? But he's faithful in all of his, all of his ways. He says he knows just what we need before we even say a word. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? He knows what each and every one of you in this room right now, he knows what you need before you even profess it. But the reason that we have to profess what we need is because we're exercising what we call faith, right? So that's why you profess what you need to God, exercising faith that you believe that he can do what he says he can do, amen? So who, who's, who's excited that he's a God that knows just what you need before you even say a word? Amen. Let's give him a praise. Let's give him a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and I love that. And, and, you know, there's something else that God's been teaching me is, is you read the Old Testament and you read different things. Every time the Israelites would win a battle, they would shout. They would shout. Some of y'all getting uncomfortable right now. But they would shout. And you know what a shout represents in the Bible? Victory. Victory. So we're going we're to exercise that this morning, the faithful few of us. But we're going to shout right quick. Uh-oh. Because it, 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 it's sometimes, sometimes some of you are in a battle right now, and you don't even know if you're going to win this war. Some of you are fighting for this or fighting for that, maybe even fighting for your family, and you don't even know if you're going to win. And God's saying, if you continue on pressing on to me, you will win the war. Amen? So let's just shout, thank you, Jesus. Ready? All right, that was warm-up. That was warm-up, all right? On three. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Satan, I hope you heard that. Amen. That's awesome. So before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for your love for us. And God, I thank you for your compassion. I thank you, God, for being a God that knows just what we need before we even say a word. So, Lord... You are our good, good Father. And Lord, you listen to the cries of your children. So this morning, God, we ask you to open our eyes, open our hearts. And God, help us receive your word that you've given to us so that we may know you more and we may please you more. God, you're so worthy of way more than we can even offer you. But God, you choose to love us anyway and to walk with us anyway. So God, we ask you to make us more aware of your, of your Holy Spirit this morning. And increase our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you will, turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, we're still uh, going through our 412 reading plan. And uh, if you don't have that, um, you can go on our app. And at the very bottom of it, um, there's a little crazy little symbol that says 412. And you can click on that. And you can read through the Bible with us. That's what our plan is for the rest of the year. We're reading through the Bible. So um, at the end of the year... We're in Revelation, Revelation Christmas. That's going to be pretty interesting. But uh, anyway, y'all, we just want to encourage you guys to read through the Bible and read together because when you read the Bible, that's where you understand and you get power. Reading, the, reading God's Word 
gives you power and authority. And, and a lot of reasons why so many people are just dry and empty Christians because they're not reading God's word. And this is what God intended us to fight with. Amen? And so um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to start in verses 1 um, and see where God leads us. But uh, before we go there, I just want you to, to understand some backstory in this. Is Paul is writing to a church in Corinth that he had planted. And so he planted the church, and the church was doing great, and now he'd heard some things that was going on in the church, so he was writing a letter back to the church to explain some things, to set some things straight, get some things back right. How many of us need God to write us a letter every day, huh? <laughs> I wish he would, because then it would be easier to know what I was doing wrong, what I was doing right. But he gives us something even better, and that's called the Holy Spirit. And he convicts me at the moment that I do something that doesn't please him. But anyway, he, Paul is writing to this to this church and and so he's writing to this church and he's writing to this church in chapter three and to its leaders and there had been some confusion there had been some disunity going on in the church and there's one thing there's one thing that God desires for his church and that is for it to be unified right he desires his church to be unified to be together not to be this um this one's going to argue about that now any y'all no don't raise your hand I ain't gonna ask that question I was going to ask you if any of y'all been in the church where it been like that, but I was going to bring y'all back to the wrong road. But I have been in a church where this one wanted to argue about the color of the carpet, and this one wanted to argue about this, and this one wanted to argue about that. and That don't build up Christ. And it's so sad that the church, the little church, like individual churches, they get caught up on the little things that don't matter and miss the reason God even called us to be the church. And so... God's desire is for us to be unified. But if we're not intentional on living this way, living in a way that pleases God, then the church, which is called to be the lighthouse of the community, is really going to be something that sucks the life out of the community. And if we're not careful, we don't become this life-giving force in the community. We become these people who are looked upon as, man, that place has got drama. Oh, and I hate drama, so I ain't going there. And so somewhere where we're supposed to profess and proclaim the name of Jesus because of this unity will take that glory away from God. And so what Paul was trying to write to these people and to make them understand and really realize two, two of the biggest things that caused this unity in a church body. So, but before we read, I want to say one thing. And you might want to underline this and circle it because God really spoke this to my heart this week. You say it how... That unity shows the power of the gospel at work in God's people. So when you see somewhere where it's disunified, God's not working in their life. Because you can't be unified under God's authority and be disunified with his purpose. And so as we read this, some of you are like, is, it, is something going on with the church? Is the church disunified? Is somebody arguing in our church? Not that I know of, but this is where we're at today. Y'all with me? Amen? Y'all going to wake up this morning? Come on. Everybody else is at the lake. Come on, we got to have a good time. Amen? All right. Verse 1, we're going to start out. It says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food. For you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. 
you are still worldly. For since there is a je- for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, oh, we're gonna hold them right there. We're gonna stop right there. He talks talking about spiritual immaturity. He says, he says I, I started you out and you were on the milk. And now you, you still are on the milk. How long are a baby supposed to be on milk? A year, right? My little boy would drink a bottle today if I let him. You with me? But see, I know that that's not healthy for him, so I have to wean him off of the bottle and get him on solid food because I'm the parent and I'm leading him. See, God knows what you need. Before you even say a word, boy, I love how this ties in. But anyway, it's cool how God knows what each and every one of you in this room needs. And so he's trying to lead you to a deeper level, a deeper appreciation, a deeper acknowledgement of him. But, so, but see, he's not going to force it to you. You've got the desire. You've got to want it. And so God's trying to lead us. And see, one of the biggest faults in the churches there is the reason so many churches are disunified is because the church is full of infant Christians that have not grown to maturity because if we were mature then we would look at the arguments and the quarreling as just craziness and we would get over it because the issues that we're fussing about is not a big deal in the big scheme of things amen and, and maybe, maybe I'm speaking to, to some of you this morning who's been hurt by the church of the past because of junk like this and, and God's called us to be people who are growing in Christ-likeness. See, the, the, the whole goal of, of, of salvation, what's cool, is it is not just for you to get to go to heaven. That's the benefit, praise God, we get to go to heaven. But the coolest thing about salvation is that because of the impartation of the Holy Spirit in me, I get the ability to be able to be a vessel of, of change I get the opportunity to, to be walking in Christ's likeness every day. I get the opportunity to, to get away with the old Jeremy and walk closer to Christ every day. So the longer God gives me breath on earth, I should be walking closer to Christ so that people around me see Jesus through me. That's the whole goal. And that is so exciting because I get a chance to know Jesus even more intimately by the way he's changing me. So change is a good thing. Amen? Y'all repeat after me. Change is a good thing. That was hard, I know, but we don't like change. But see, to be growing to Christ's likeness means I have to change and I have to let go of who I once was and allow God to make me into who he wants me to be. And that's the problem with so many people today is I'm, I want Jesus, but I want my same lifestyle. I want Jesus, but I want my same schedule. I want Jesus, but, but, but. And so God's not growing us. We've just accepted salvation, and we're not growing into the likeness of Christ. You're missing. If that's you today, I want to tell you something. You're missing the greatest part of salvation. The greatest part of salvation is knowing my, knowing my Savior, Jesus Christ, on a personal level by how he's changing me into him. Man, that is amazing to me. Some of the most exhilarating times of my prayer life is, is looking back of where God has taken me, taken sin out of my life that didn't please him, and I'm looking back at who I was and look at who I am, and I don't even recognize the old Jeremy. And I'm like, man, this stuff works. This is, this is legit. It's building my faith because I'm taking steps and cr- closer to Christ. Y'all with me today? 
and, and so you won't enjoy that. You won't experience that unless you really take that step of faith, and that is stepping into something you have no idea what you're getting into, but you trust in God anyway. God, I don't know how this is going to, I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know what's going to happen, but you're telling me to take this step of faith, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to obey you. And when you take that step of faith, oh, it's scary. But what's so awesome is the moment your foot hits the ground on the other side, there's this confidence you begin to have. And, and, and you know what I find myself doing? is before, when I would take that step of faith, it'd be like this. And then I would finally just rock up. But now, man, my other foot's up from my left foot even touched the ground. I, I, I know that God's got me. I know that he, he has me. He has my good in mind, not to destroy me, but to build me up. Amen? And so I want to encourage you guys that God's called all of you in this room to grow closer to him, not to be infants in the faith, not to be in the same place that you were when you accepted salvation. He wants you to grow into Christ's likeness because the only way we can accomplish the vision and mission that God gives his church is for us to be mature Christians that are pursuing his mission and his plan. And if we just sit selfishly wanting to stay the same, we sit our butts on those seats every Sunday and we don't change and, we, and what happens eventually the church dies because we're not allowing God to grow us. I've never seen a plant that did not grow every day. Have you? Every day a plant's growing. Every day. I remember when uh, Sabrina and I, we, we first got married, we planted a garden and, and man, it was, just, it was just like... We had never done anything together like this. And so we planted a garden, and I lie, I'm not lying to you. Every day, we go out there and just look at the garden. Like, yep, it's just a bunch of dirt. Every day, anticipating. We went there every day, anticipating for it to grow up. And one day, Sabrina was just like, I think we did something wrong. I'm like, what you mean? Well, we, as a matter of fact, it was day two, okay? Day two. We did something wrong. We don't, there's, there's nothing growing yet. I was like, baby, you can't plant it, and bam, tomatoes are tomorrow. Oh, how sweet it would be, but that ain't the case. You got to plant the seed and allow it to grow. But you know what was cool? We began to go out there and we watched that seed. It start, it start coming out of the dirt. And we'd start seeing the dirt blossom and come out. And we would, we would go out there and be like, okay, it's fixing to come up now. It's fixing to come up. And as, as, as more water and more fertilizer was put to it, it began to shoot up and it would grow. We went there every day and would watch it grow from, from this big to this tall. And we would watch it start fruit. Fruit began to get on the, on the tree. Tomatoes would begin to get on the, the tomato vines. And we began to watch those, those things mature and start actually giving back. It, it was really it was pretty rewarding. I honestly believe that's how God looks at us. After the seed of salvation is planted, he's just back there saying, man, I can't wait for that to grow. I can't wait for that to start growing. And he might be saying that over each and every one of you in this room. See, God has, man, he, he, he got, he's got investment in you. He loves you. He wants you to grow so that you can understand Jesus. You can understand what salvation is, and he wants you to grow. So why wouldn't you grow? Why wouldn't you push in and, and desire more of a God that loves you enough to even want you to grow? And he wants you to grow so that you know him. Amen? We think, and I think sometimes we, we worry about growing because it's like, all right, well, if I grow a little more closer to Christ, that means they're going to ask me to do more. Huh? Come on. Uh-uh. If, if I act a little bit more spiritual, they're going to make me sing. Uh-uh. 
it, 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 ain't about, it ain't about this service. You with me? This service is where believers come together and we worship God and we, 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 we try to uh, pers- pers- just pursue God more. And we want, This is where lost people come in and come get infiltrated into the church. But, the, but see, what I want out of you guys is for you to want Jesus more and grow because the more you grow, the more you're going to point other people to Christ. And the whole thing is letting the world know his glory. Amen? Us pointing other people to Jesus. And you can't point people anybody. You can't point nobody to Jesus if you're sitting there screaming with a bottle in your mouth. Amen? I remember when me and Sabrina first become parents. We brought, we, I remember we got in the car. I put his little itty-bitty self in the car seat. And I locked him down. And nurses came and checked, made sure I installed the car seat right. And we got in the car. And Sabrina gets in the car. And I just look at her. And she looks at me. And I said, I can't believe they're going to let us leave. <laughs> she said, what you mean? I said, I have, we ain't got a, no idea what we're doing. You think they'd let us just rent that room for a while? She was like, I know, right? So we drove home. And we get home. And patient, we, we, he sat down. We, we sat him down in, in the little old pillow thing on the couch. And for three hours, we just sat there and watched him sleep. Scared to death we were going to mess things up. But as whenever that youngin was hungry, he would let you know. He'd let you know. He would start screaming. And me and Sabrina were just as just as frantic. Like I hate it. I hate to hear a screaming youngin. I do. So Payson would be like, whack, whack, whoop, doing, baby. <laughs> Here's that bottle, I got it ready. And so it was, it, was, it, was, it was kind of a fight or flight thing for a while. But then after a while, like, it was like two weeks. I'm very impatient. After two weeks, I'm like on the ground. Pace is two weeks old. I'm on the ground talking about, come on, this is how you crawl, son. This is how you crawl. Like, Sabrina's like, don't rush things. Don't rush things. I was like, no. And then when he started crawling, I was like, all right, son, you got to learn how to sit still for a little while. I anticipate, wanting him to grow. And I think that's, God's our cheerleader. God wants all of you to grow closer and closer to him. I wanted Pace to crawl. Because I wanted him to get to the stage where it was fun so me and him could run around the yard. But now my young and don't know how to stop. So now I'm just kind of like, I didn't know what I was asking for. But the reality is, God desires us to grow. And we can't be who God's called us to be if we're just sitting there being carnal, being, being where we are, being, being, allowing sin to stay in our life. He says, you, you, there's jealousy and quarreling among you. There's jealousy and quarreling. That means... Jealousy and quarreling. You know if you're jealous of something. And quarreling is just because you want to be right and you don't care what the other person thinks. And, and it, that's, that's just kind of a litmus test of where our hearts are. See, if you know if, you're, if your desires are not godly. You know if your desires aren't, aren't pursuing Christ. And so either you can stay where you are or you can say, God, remove these things from me so I can grow closer to you. Amen? I, I know when I first got saved... I knew what was of God and what wasn't. I knew, but yet sometimes I just didn't desire to change because I was comfortable in my sin. I was comfortable where I was. I've been that way my whole life. But only until I got tired of who I once was because I wanted to know Jesus greater is when I walked away from those things. I walked away from the language. I walked away from the addiction. I walked away from the lifestyle of a part here, I walked away from being a very extremely selfish husband. I walked away from all those things because I wanted to know Jesus greater. 
And the reality was, I'm just using Jeremy as an example because I don't want to use anybody else. But if I had not been intentional with pursuing Christ, I would still be standing there where Jesus found me, still as selfish and still just this little baby in Christ that had not been changed one bit. And there's too many people in the church today that Jesus is still changing your diapers. And he's wanting you to grow out of that. Because nothing glorifies God more than us growing closer to Christ. And so you got, you got, you got the babies in Christ who, who, who really, it's just, we as, the, uh, we as the body of church, we as the body, we just got to keep building them up. We got to keep leading them and guiding them and directing them. If you're here today and you've just gotten saved recently, keep Keep plugged in to a man or woman of God that, that, that you trust and walk with them. Allow them to walk with you. They'll teach you what it means to walk with God. But then eventually you should come out of this baby stage and come into what it's called like, like a childlike faith. When you're a child, you've grown up. Like you, you can walk a little bit. You're walking with God, right? Right? Y'all with me? You're starting to walk with God a little bit more. But see, the, the thing with children is children are extremely selfish. It's all about them. The first word my little boy learned was mine, thanks to my daddy. Mine, mine. I just want to body slam him some days. Mine, it just gets on me like, son, you're not that selfish child. You're not that way. Mine. I was like, okay, maybe you are. Because, and, and, but, and when we find ourselves that way, you know that you know that's not Christ-like. You know that's not really godliness. I've been walking with men before, and they said, I know I'm just horribly, I'm just selfish. I'm like, all right, boss, you've been selfish for a year. It's time to give the selfishness to God and ask him to grow you out of that. Amen? But see, the reason the church stays ununified is because we desire to stay where we are. And if you stay where you are, there's always going to be drama. There's always going to be constant conflict. And in the big C church, the big church, the reason that, that this church can't get along with that church and that church can't get along with that church is because we're too worried about our preferences than worried about Jesus. And see, that's the thing. is, is We're selfish. It's all about us. And, and the reason is the body of Christ has not matured. If we were all mature Christians, we wouldn't have all these churches. It would be one church in Jenkins County, and all of us would be here together. But instead, we're all worried about our own little selfishness and what we like and our preferences so we got these different sections and we're divided and so Paul's talking to them and he's saying that look your lack of growth hinders unity your lack of growth hinders it and the first and if, if, we, if we're going to still we're going to go after the desire to please God then we have to allow God to change us and grow us and that's the heart cry. That's my heart cry. You heard me preach it Sunday after Sunday about just desiring you not to be where you are. We're constantly talking about next steps. But the reality is, is I can't make you grow. You know what makes you grow? Being in his word. This is God's word. You get in God's word and God's word will change you. People, I hear people all the time, they come to me and it's like, I'm just, I'm struggling right now. And my first question is, when's the last time you've been in God's word? And, and it's always a long pause because they're not in God's word. How can you expect God to, to help you through a situation where you're not talking to the only one that can change the situation? Amen? And I understand this, it's, it's, it's a childlike thing because you don't know what to do, you're lost. You're so used to getting other people to help you instead of reaching and letting God help you. 
But being in God's word, the next thing that you do to grow is that you listen to God and you do what he says. You obey God. When God says step, you step. When God says stop, you stop. When God says forgive, you forgive. When God says go love, you love. When God says go care, you care. You go do what he says do. No matter the color, no matter the, the money they have, no matter what they live in, you go do it because all of us are God's children. Amen? And that's what he's called us to be. The only way that you, that, you, that you grow is that you spend time talking to God. You spend time in prayer. You spend time talking to God. That's how we grow as Christians. We, we, we talk to God. We, we, we listen to his word. And then we allow his word through his word. We listen to his word and we allow his word to change us and move us to a greater level. Sometimes you're going to read this word and guess what? You're going to feel like you're inadequate and you can't move forward. That's opposition. That's Satan wanting you not to take that step of faith. Amen? Y'all with me? And we got, to be, we got the desire to step into this, not just stand back and say, this is too hard. This ain't too hard. This ain't too hard. It is hard if you're doing it on your own. It is extremely hard if you're doing it on your own. But if you're doing it with Jesus and he's walking with you, it ain't hard. Because you got the king of the universe. You got the king of kings and lord of lords. You got the beginning and the end. Ooh, the beginning and the end, walking with you every single day. And if you got him walking with you, look, he's going to be able to say, Jeremy, watch out, there's, going to be, there's a stump right there, step over it. And you can step over it because you're listening to the king of kings. If you're, but if you're doing it on your own, you're walking in the dark, you're stumbling, you're falling. That's why a lot of you are stumbling and falling because you're doing it on your own and not with Jesus. And God's called us to be a people that are growing closer to Christ. The closer you go to Christ, the more you're going to hold on to his hand. I don't want, and I'll be honest with you, I don't want to just hold Jesus' hand. I want to be so close to Jesus where he got his arm around my shoulder and we're walking like this together. Amen. But that only happens with hunger. That only happens with you desiring more of Christ and less of you. That's only desire, that's the only way that it happens if you have to realize that he who is greater, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. Jesus is greater than anything. Jesus is greater than you. Jesus is greater than your schedule. You have to walk in him and allow him to grow you. Be intentional with those things. Because that's, what, that's, that's what's keeping the church from going forward. And I'm 100%, 100% believe, and you can't teach me, tell me any different, that if the church of America right now would start growing in God's word and we'd be intentional with, with pursuing Christ-likeness and we'd be intentional with our relationship with God, there, man, we could run Satan out of America. There's no telling what could happen in America. That would be the greatest revival that ever happened. If we would be serious about allowing God to grow us, we would be serious about allowing God to change us, we would be serious about allowing God to move in us. Let me tell you something. Let's break it down to smaller apples, okay? God can change your family. Oh, come on. God can change your family. But you got to be intentional about allowing God to grow you. you got to be intentional about allowing God to grow you because you can't... You can't you can't expect your family to change if you ain't changing. And if you want to see your family go to heaven, then maybe you need to grow, allow God to grow you to a, to a place to where you can be that vessel to speak truth into your family. You know what was crazy? When I first got saved, I could tell that stump out there. I could tell that sidewalk out there about Jesus. I could tell anybody about Jesus. But let me get to my family and guess what happened? Ooh. Extremely intimidating. 
You know why? Because they know, they know me from, from that I was this big. But the closer I grew to Jesus, the more I got, more, more, more I, I allowed God to grow me. Guess what happened? I didn't have to really vocalize about following Christ. They seen the way I lived, and that spoke louder than anything I could have said. But it's about growing closer to Christ. And it's through that that God's beginning to start reaching parts of my family. Praise God, and I'm excited about that. But our families won't change unless we're changing. And you can sit there and say, well, maybe it's their responsibility. No, it's your responsibility to stand in the gap for them and to be intentional for them and be, be praying for them and be seeking after them. Amen? Because unless we grow and allow God to grow us, nobody else is going to change. And we always put this responsibility on somebody else. Let them do it, and then I'll do it. Huh? How many of y'all said that? Nobody want to be real this morning. All right, all right. Let, let, let me see them, and then, then I'll do it. It's about that trust with God and allowing God to change you. See, the last thing, in verse 5, he says, or in verse 4, he says, For when one says, I follow Paul, and another follows Apollos, are you not mere human beings? After all, what, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you, can, you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed and Apollos watered, but God has, made, God has been making the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants is the one who, and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field and God's building. And I love that verse too because what happens, I love that whole chapter, because that, that section of scripture because what, what the other thing that keeps us being unified as a church is we're trying to promote a personality or denomination instead of promoting Christ. It's all about this person or that person, this preacher or that preacher. Do me a favor, okay? Don't you brag on me none. I don't, I don't deserve nothing. I don't want you to say I'm a great preacher. I don't want that to happen. And hopefully you ain't been saying that, but uh, I don't want that to happen. I want you to say Jesus is a great God. I want you to say it's all about Jesus. I don't care about that stuff. When we start focusing on pastors, then we put the focus off of Christ and we put it on pastors. I heard, a lady told me not too long ago, I would love to come to y'all's church, but you know, I just, I just love my pastor. And, and man, and guess what? A couple of weeks, the pastor left. And I'm thinking, okay. Now where's your love at? Because your love's gone. Where's your hope at? Because your hope's gone. What's going on? If we put our hope in people, we're going to be bankrupt all the time. Churches are disruptive and, and, and not unified because we're following a man and a man... It's flawed. See, it ain't about the man. Or the denomination. See, we get caught up in our denominational preferences. We get caught up in all these things. And it's all about this denomination or that denomination. Or, or if you're going to speak in tongues or if you're not going to speak in tongues. Or, or if you're going to get dumped or you're going to be sprinkled. All these different things we argue about which don't make a hill of beans. The real, the, the real issue is do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he died and resurrected and paid atonement for our sins? That is the real issue. 
And if we can agree on that, all the other stuff is just preferences. But we stand firm on these things that don't matter and we draw a line in the sand and we say, I can't have fellowship with you because you don't agree with me 110%, which what I'm saying is, I am God and you are stupid. I am right and you are wrong when you might be wrong and all of us are wrong. None of us have everything to a T right about theology. None of us have those things right. Everybody interprets Scripture differently. But the main focus, it should be the main focus, and it should be Jesus. And if we would put Jesus at the center, then how, I mean, I'll go back to what I said earlier, is how powerful would the church be today if we would drop all this denominational junk and all just say, let's all just worship Jesus together. How powerful would that be? I, I was going through a little town, and there was a man that was working on a construction job in that town. And he said, it was a little small town, and, and, and in about a half a mile, there was 12 churches on the same road, everywhere. And, and the guy was like, man, I can't believe how many churches are in this little town. And I was like, I was doing my faith, and I, and I was like, yeah, that's a good thing. He was like, no, that ain't a good thing. I was like, what you mean? He's like, that means that can't nobody in this town get along. And I went, hmm, hmm. He said, what you think about that? I said, I ain't got nothing to say about that. <laughs> but, but that's reality because if we can get along, we can be unified. Then we would put the main thing the main thing. Amen? See, God desires us to be unified. God desires unity more than anything in the world. And until we can be unified with our brothers and not, and, and not be caught up in all this other stuff, then Satan will continue to cause division and cause disruption, and we will never see really, really, really see revival in our communities because we're still caught up on ourselves and our preferences. And I, I love, there's, some, there's, there's a lot of pastors in our community that God's been moving in our hearts and, and, and we've been trying to change that and we're trying to work together. And man, I love that because it hadn't been like that in our community in a long time. But until we, we put down our preferences and we stick to the gospel, nothing's going to change. But see, that happens with growth in the people because the church don't, church doesn't grow and want to be unified until the people are growing out of their selfishness and out of their own, wanting their own preferences, wanting their own way. I don't know how many churches I've heard divide because of music. I want to hear hymns. I want to hear contemporary. Well, you go have your service and I'm going to go have mine. That's stupid. Music is music. Let's be... Let's, but you see what I'm talking about? We, we, we take our preferences and, 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 we, and, we, and we're willing to die on our preferences and then we're not willing to die to sin to follow Jesus. It don't make sense. Y'all are truly looking at me like I have lost my mind this morning. But that is, that's the reality. And God desires his church to be unified. I love what he says. He says, some waters and some plants and some harvests. See, we all have a part to play in God's plan. Amen? We all have a part to play. And if we get so inwardly focused and it becomes about me and my church and this and that, then we forget that, we forget that look, I may water it or I may plant it, but God's the God that does the harvesting. Man, I love that. It takes the pressure off of all of us because we think that we got to save them, grow them, sanctify them, Make them preachers and send them on into the world. 
But that's not what God's called us to do. All of us have our part to play. I look at people who were intentional with my life. Some, some, helped, some people helped plant it in me. Some people helped water it in me. And some people were part of the harvest process. Not one person did that. Not one church did that. I love that because that's what God does. Verse 10 says, By the grace God has given me, I lay a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. If no one can lay any foundation, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is in Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will be tested and it will test the quality of each person's work. If we have been built, if what, I'm sorry, if what we have been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer a loss, but yet will be saved. Even though only, only, even though only one escaping from the fires. Only there's one escaping from the fires. Church, that's a, that's a harsh reality there. Because as we grow and as we build upon the foundation set upon us, the foundation of Jesus, right? We have that foundation. We believe in Jesus. We believe in Christ. Our life is based on Christ. And so everything that we do in this life builds upon that foundation. And so if we're building on that foundation with faith, if we're building on that foundation with obedience, if we're building that foundation with the Word of God, and we allow Him to grow us, that's like, that's with us building with, with gold and silver and costly stones. It's like us, us building the spiritual house, us, be, us letting God change us and mold us into Christ's likeness. And when fire comes, when judgment comes, when we meet Christ, what is inside is going to be revealed. Y'all with me? We think we can fake it till we make it. And that's not how it's going to work. Because what you put in is what you're going to get out. That's why it's so intentional, it's so important that we grow into Christ's likeness. We allow God to change us because if you're building your life with hay and straw and stubble, temporary things, things that are not going to last, things that are temporal, things that, that make you comfortable, things that are convenient. If you're, allowing, if you're basing your life on, on things of this world, then one day when judgment comes, all that stuff's going to burn up and it's not going to matter. And you're going to... You may have received salvation. You may have been following Christ, but you haven't done anything to, to know Jesus on a more intimate level. And the sad thing is, majority of church today is that way. We've built our life. We, we've accepted Christ, but we've built our entire life off of me, off of what I want, what it makes, makes me good, what makes me feel good about myself, and we're not walking away from sin. We're not allowing God to change us and mold us and shape us. And those things don't last. And the reality of it is, is that you're the one doing the building. You get to pick the materials. You get to choose how high you want to build that house. You get to choose the countertops. You get to choose the exterior. You get to choose the paint. God lets you choose how you want to build your house. But when the end comes, 
to how it's going to be revealed of what you truly valued. I don't want to die and get in front of Jesus and him say, you built your entire house on you. You built your entire house on what made you comfortable. You only made decisions that were easy. You didn't, you, you, you didn't read my word. You didn't abide by it. You really didn't plant your, you didn't focus your whole life around my word. You really didn't care what I thought. I told you the storms are going to come and that you needed to build with brick. But you were so worried about building it so fast that instead you just built it with hay. But yet you're surprised that when storms come that your whole life is shaken and you begin to walk away from God. So much, church, so much of our walk with God determines on what we're building on. And if you're building on the foundation of Christ, if you're truly building on the foundation of Christ, if He is your center, if He is your foundation, if He is your rock, then you're going to be intentional with building this spiritual house up in a way that pleases Him. You're going to do what He says do. You're going to listen to what He says. See, I want to ask you a question. What are you building on? What are you building on? What are you truly building on? What are you truly building on? Where are you at this morning? Do you really know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you really know Him? Because if you don't know Him, you're not going to desire to grow. If you don't know him, you're not going to, you're, there's nothing going to change in your life. If you don't know him, everything I've just said don't make any sense at all. The whole point, the reason we come to church is to worship Jesus, not to come look pretty. It's all about following him. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you won't grow. You won't be changing. You'll just be coming to a religious service every single week with no change thinking that you're right and you're going to ride a church for you all the way to hell. So the question that we have to start out with before we get to the invitation is are you building your life on the rock of Jesus Christ? And if you can't honestly say my life is built on Jesus if my life, I, my life is not submitted to Jesus I'm not, I have not given him my life then raise your hand so we can lead you to salvation. If you say, I want Jesus to be the center of my life, I want him, raise your hand so we can walk with you. And that's good. It's always exciting to me to see nobody raise their hand because that means we're all following Jesus, right? Huh? So either you, either you told the truth or you just lied to the Holy Spirit. That part ain't exciting to me. You can mask your heart to everybody else, but you can't mask it to God. So what's holding you back from maturing? What's holding you back from growing? What in your life, if fire was set to it, would burn up today? What thing are you holding on to that God's trying to grow you out of? 
Where are you at with your walk with Jesus? That's the most important thing. That's the reason you got up this morning, is to know Jesus more. And that's why we put these things here on this altar every morning so that we can come and we can come and, and, and be be closer to God. We can come and, and lay those things at His feet. We can come pray and, and lay these things at His feet. And so this morning when, when the worship team starts playing, I want you to be intentional. Can you be intentional for me this morning? I want you to pray for growth. Pray, pray that God will show you what's hindering you from growing closer to Him. I want you to pray for God to open your eyes so that you can see where you've been passive and where you've just been holding on to where you are. I want you to pray intentionally for God to open up your, your heart so you can receive His Word and be more obedient to Him. Amen? I want you to pray intentionally. Say, God, I want you to pray for growth this morning. God, grow me to who you want me to be. God, I, I, may, be, I, I may be a baby in Christ, but God, grow me into being an adult. Grow me into being someone that is mature in my faith so I can know you more. I want you to pray for God to... To grow, to grow you to your next level, grow you to the next step. God, to show you what your next step is. Because if you're not constantly taking your next step, you're standing still. And standing still is not walking in faith. It's called a walk with Christ, right? So if we're walking with Christ, then how can you say you're walking with Christ and standing still? So why are you standing still? Don't answer me, answer God. I want you to pray for God to give you the faith for greater things. I want you to pray that God gives you the faith to, to take that next step. I want you to pray that God gives you the faith to, to have that, to desire the greater things, to, to desire spiritual gifts, to desire to be used in a mighty way. That's what this altar is for, and that's what we're here for this morning. Amen? Stand with me, please, as we close. I'm going to pray, and if God's moving in your heart, then y'all start coming while I'm praying, but I'm going to pray, and then the altars are open. Father God, we come to you right now, God. We pray and ask you, Lord Jesus, to reveal to us our hearts, God. God, I pray against pride right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, against arrogance in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would break us free from these chains that are holding us back from being obedient. God, I pray for each man and woman, boy and girl, under the sound of my voice. And I pray, God, that you would, God, you would just touch their heart and show them why they're not growing. Show them what's holding them back. Show them what they truly have built their life upon. So that when we leave here, Lord, today, they can change their foundation. They can change their building materials. And, God, they can change their focus. So, God, help us be your people. God, help us mature into who you called us to be. God, help us be the people who are unified under your mission and your vision for our life. 